Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metal, the General Overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. My friend, welcome once again. We are going to feast on the word of God. And I believe, as always, that you are going to be blessed. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Precious Lord, we are here in your presence. Wherever we find ourselves, your presence is with us. And I pray for my listeners and I pray for myself. That by the power of your spirit, all of us will be blessed by your word. And your perfect will will be done in our lives. We will not fail you, Lord. As we listen to your word, we wait on the empowerment of your spirit. And we know that whether we live or die, we'll live or die for you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are welcome, great teacher, to teach your word. Amen and amen. We are looking at John the Baptist relative to his calling and how we can draw inspiration and light and apply it to our own lives. Today we're going to look at the way he handled the questions that were put to him by obvious detractors. He was tempted in the same way that we are tempted. And the way the questions were put to him, you will realize that if it were to be some of us in today's battlefield of gospel work, we would jump at it and declare to be what we are not. But all scripture is written for our learning, so that's the basis for our study. Today we're going to look at John chapter number 1, John chapter number 1, the verses 19 to 26. Now this was John's testimony. When the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, John had a testimony. When the Levites sent to ask him, you are preaching, you are doing God's work, agreed, but who exactly are you? The Bible says in the verse 20, He did not fail to confess, but confess freely, I am not the Christ. He confessed freely, I am not the Christ. What are we to learn here? We are to learn that we should not accept positions and titles that we are not entitled to. When people try to place you in a position where you know you do not belong, please don't accept it. It's ungodly. Don't try to run, run down somebody just because you have become popular with the crowd. Just because the people say you, you are. Just because your circle of influence try to place on you that title. Sometimes people may tell you, you deserve this position better than this guy who occupies that position. Don't accept it. Child of God, it is not your place to do that. And John the Baptist set us a perfect example that we do not accept what does not belong to us. Hallelujah. But he confessed freely. Tell those who tell you that you are better than your boss, you are better than your pastor, you preach better than your pastor, you are more anointed than your pastor. It's time for you to fly off. Hey, hey, tell them, tell them you are not. 
the pastor. You are not the manager. Those who ask you to do things in the company that is beyond your assignment, tell them it is not your place. If you don't, you will run into trouble. It may take a long time for you to catch up with you. But John the Baptist set us a very beautiful example. He was just emphatic that he was not the Christ. There are two things that helped him to take that positive position. One, he recognized his calling. And number two, he went beyond just knowing his calling, but accepting his position in the kingdom. All of us got to learn how to accept our places and positions in the kingdom of God, like John the Baptist did. And I like the way the NIV put it. He confessed freely. It was not under any pressure at all. He didn't have to think about it twice. He confessed freely. I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. So when they come to you telling you to do things, whether in your office, your workplace, I mean, your church, telling you to exercise authority that you don't have, tell them you don't have that authority. You cannot exercise that authority. It will help you. It will protect you. It will save you from unnecessary pressure. And to expand it further, it might even save you from untimely death. I've seen people run a race that is not theirs. Even in the things of God. And they've exposed themselves to demonic attacks. Battles that they have not been cut to fight. And in the end, some of them have lost their lives. So let's be careful. You cannot be anything and everything just because the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, let me help you. Because that scripture many times is quoted out of context. Now, Paul was talking about sometimes having enough to eat. Sometimes more than enough. And sometimes he didn't even have at all. And so he advanced that presentation and says that whether he had enough or he doesn't have enough, he can do all things. In other words, no matter how harsh the circumstances that he finds himself in, he could cope with it. He could go along and live life. He wouldn't let anything deter him. So to assume that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me means that you can fly like a bird. doesn't mean that. I mean, you are misquoting the scripture and you are misinterpreting the scripture. And I find it very, very, very difficult understanding many times why people who are not born again, Christians who are not born again, try to interpret the scripture to us who are born of the spirit and who are filled with the spirit. When you are not where I am, how do you interpret what I have? So just that, by the way, let's go on to John the Baptist. He said, the Bible says he was not pressured at all, but confessed freely. I am not a Christ. Verse 21, they asked him, then who are you? Then who are you? But look at the catch. They didn't stop there. Then they suggested who he might be. Then they said, who are you? Who are you? Are you Elijah? They tried to give him a name. They tried to, if we, can, if we can't get you to say something about yourself, to promote yourself, well, we'll promote you. Then who are you? Are you Elijah? Now, you might say that, well, they didn't, they didn't really put it to him to claim to be Elijah. They did. In the garden of feeling, the devil will always come to you with a question when he wants to push you to do something that is not right. He doesn't come to you and just say, do this. Call yourself this. He will come to you with a question. 
let me help because I'm dealing with this topic. I want to help young people who are just coming into ministry. You have the call of God and all that. Listen, you are not who you say you are and you are not who the crowd say you are. Understand? Yeah, you may call yourself anything, but as long as it doesn't come from God, it is a non-starter. And you may be running a race that might, if you don't take care, break your heart somewhere along the line. So when the people in your church begin to tell you that this is who you are, or they might not even come to say it directly, they will say, don't you see that now when you preach, people clap for you more than your senior pastor? You see, when you do this, when you lead the worship, people fall down. Hey, hey. Watch out. Watch out. You are on a very dangerous road. And that's why many worship leaders, many worship leaders get to a point, they grow wings, and they think that, you know, without them, the kingdom of God cannot be built. And they try to bully the pastor, deciding the way the service should go. It doesn't wash. This thing is not about power and position and display of talent. Understand what I'm saying? So be careful when they come to you asking you, don't you think where you have reached, you have to have your own church, you have to do that. God multiplies by division. And to have many churches, I always tell people that I rather have churches in every nook and corner of my country that have drinking spots in those places or have the buildings of other religions in those places, no matter how faulty they are. But here I'm speaking in the context of protecting yourself and making sure that you are in the perfect will of God. The fact that we are trusting and believing. And Jesus said that the, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Pray for laborers. He didn't ask us to pray for competitors. He didn't ask us to pray for a rebellious breed. He said pray for laborers. And if you watch the word there, laborers, labor. Hard work. Okay? So, looking at John the Baptist, we can say that there is a lot that this man, what a relatively short ministry, teaches us by his life and the things he said. Once again, let me read verse 21. Then they asked him, Who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He said, No. He said, No, I'm not. I'm emphasizing the fact that if you want to be used of God, you've got to know your place. And when people come to you and try to push you to name yourself something that God has not named you, you will be emphatic and say no. Don't try to play around with snakes. They will bite you. They will destroy your ministry. Be careful. Especially young people. Watch out. There is so much work to be done. And if you are patient, and if you are submissive to authority, God will prepare you for your own ministry. And when that time comes, nobody will argue with you. Nobody can stop you because the time has come and you must move on. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. 
Other version says, I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. I am a voice. I love this. I am only a voice. I am not reverend. I am not bishop. I am not reverend Dr. Bishop. I am a voice. Oh, hallelujah. You see, ultimately, I realize that all that God is looking for is a voice. Who will go for us? Who will speak for us? Jesus said, go. Wait. You shall receive power. And you shall be my witnesses. What is a witness without a voice? John the Baptist said, I am a voice. A voice is something you cannot see. But it imparts your ears once you have a hearing here. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God is looking for voices. And I bet you, I don't really care what gifts you lack or do not have. When it comes to voices that are willing to speak for God, it will anoint any and every voice. Yours may not be behind the pulpit. That's a very limited space. But God may give you a voice of counsel. God may give you a voice of comfort. God may give you a voice of healing. God may give you a voice of signs and miracles. God is looking for a voice. You are listening to the Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Tune in to the Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. This and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continues. John the Baptist said, I am a voice. And he knew the limitations of his calling relative to the prophetic word in Isaiah. And so he quoted from the book of Isaiah. I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not just an ordinary voice, but I'm a voice with a message. I'm not just a voice with a message, but I'm, I'm a voice with a specific targeted message. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I'm not come to walk in the way of the Lord. I'm come to prepare the way of the Lord. Glory to the Lamb of God. Prepare the way of the Lord. Souls are dying. Souls are dying. People are confused about who is the Christ. Christianity is under attack. Some are very open. Some are very subtle. Hidden agenda to wipe out our faith. Sometimes we call friends, we call friends, those who would never even call us acquaintances if they should have their upper hand. And that is all good. But my friend, my brother, my sister, there is a job to be done. This sleeping giant called the church must wake up before we lose it. And it begins with you and I. It begins with knowing our place, knowing our calling, sticking to our calling, forgetting about the titles and, and the positions and the power and trying to 
make ourselves something that God has not made us. That is the issue. Going back to our first love, like John the Baptist declaring, I am not what you are saying I am. And in fact, I'm not even interested in the titles. I am obsessed with the calling, the assignment. Praise the name of the Lord. So John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. They wouldn't give up. They wouldn't give up. When your position worries people, you have to be alert spiritually. When what you are doing for God tickles people, you have to be very careful. Especially people of the same faith that you belong to. Christians. So the question then, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? Why then do you baptize? Verse 26. I baptize with water. John replied. I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who came. The tongues of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Somebody is coming after you. But that's somebody by God's own divine ordination. That somebody may do better works than you. May do greater works than you. There is somebody coming behind you. There may be somebody sitting in your church whose calling is a billion times greater than your calling. You have the responsibility, senior pastor, to prepare the bride. To prepare those who have the giftings so that in the fullness of time they will take their rightful places. I believe that there is no greater assignment apart from calling souls to a saving knowledge of Jesus than preparing workers. Workers who will do greater works than any of us has ever done. Because at the end of the day, that is the heart cry of Jesus. He said the works that I do you will do greater works. I pray for myself and I pray for all senior pastors that we will not compromise as far as raising generational leaders are concerned. It is a very painful task. And I know how many pastors are stop counting, but many, many senior pastors are discouraged because with all the good intentions you try to raise young men and young women into the ministry. And before you could say Jack. Some of them may even break up your church. And run away with your flock. But this one thing. I used to comfort myself. It's all about Jesus. Once the people are not taken. And introduced to a foreign God. To a false religion. There is nothing to contend about. In any case. To him who much is given much is required. So when they take your flock away. Um, let God be the judge. But don't let that weaken your hand and say, I'm not training anybody anymore. I'm not going to spend my time raising leaders anymore. No. When you do that, you fall into the trap of the devil because that's what he's looking for. So as many times as you raise leaders and they are not faithful to you, don't let it put you down and discourage you. Keep going. Keep raising them. Keep working. Don't look back. God is the one who will reward you for the work that you have done. So John the Baptist says, Among you, there is standing a man who is coming from behind me 
but is greater than me. What amazing truth. Many are coming behind us. Younger people, they will do more than what we have done. That's what they have been anointed to do. And for every leader worth his sword, one of the things that will help you to be able to help these young ones is to be in the position of John the Baptist, saying to yourself, sitting in this congregation, sitting in one of my congregations, is a young man, is a young woman, who is going to come up with a ministry that will sweep the world. What a joy, what a joy to have somebody you have raised making impact. Whether in the secular world or whether in the things of the kingdom, it always brings joy to know that the work you have done is not in vain. So be encouraged. It's not everybody who is going to be grateful. It's not everybody who is going to bear fruit the way you want. In fact, to put it mildly, it's possible that the majority, the majority will turn out to be a breed of Judas Iscariots. But don't worry about that. You're doing something for God. And like Jesus talked about the sower who went out to sow seed. Now, if you look at different lands that he threw the seed on, only one portion produced a very good harvest. So we learn from scripture that we have to be led before we can lead. We learn here from John the Baptist that the people we are leading, we are not leading them forever. Somewhere along the line, we will fall behind. And some of these young ones, we have to take the lead. So don't be discouraged spending time on your children, spending time on other children. For me, it's about loving all the children of the world. And as many as will come under my influence, I don't want them to make the mistakes I have made in my life. I, that, that will be terrible. I can't stand it. So when I'm dealing with my young ones, when I'm dealing with all the children, wherever they are, I show them love, but I show them tough love, tough love. I love you, but I will not clap for you when I see you going wayward and doing something. Maybe I did it when I was your age, but the consequences wasn't pleasant. So I will not want you to walk through that path and suffer. So, well, I got to do what I got to do to draw you back on track. And that means I will discipline you. I will not compromise that. I will discipline you. Yeah. So when I discipline, then I explain to you why I got to take that route. I don't want your destruction. I want your construction. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Bible said all this happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sins of the world. I only baptize you unto repentance. But when it comes to taking away the sins of the world. I don't have nothing to do. I can't do it. He said look. Behold the Lamb of God. That takes away the sins of the world. Many do a lot of things for their sins to be forgiven. But I have good news for you. If you are still wobbling in sin. And struggling with how you can be restored in relationship with God. There is only one way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Only one way. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. When you confess your sins and receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you are guaranteed first class ticket on the flight to heaven. 
There's nothing you can do by yourself to be saved. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price. And he is the only way. You heard me right. So John the Baptist said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. The man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Jesus said before Abraham. And John the Baptist is emphasizing here that Jesus is God. He was before me. He is not now coming to overtake me and establish a new order. Before he came, he was already before me. He existed before I was born. Praise the name of the Lord. And yet, Jesus submitted himself to baptism by John. And when John tried to stop him, to stop him, what did he say? He said, let all righteousness be fulfilled for now. Let all righteousness be fulfilled for now. There's nothing wrong in delegating your authority or position to somebody who is um, your junior or you, know, you can't go to a place and you see somebody um, really sick and you may be entitled to a chair or something you can give it up to the sick person now the fact that you are a senior pastor bishop doesn't mean that everywhere you go you take the best of everything you heard me right it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that Jesus said the one who wants to be great among you should be the least. Should be your servant. I have washed your feet. And by so doing, I set you an example of service. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Now let me go to verse 31. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen, verse 34, and I testify, this is the Son of God. Praise the name of the Lord. What have you seen and what is your testimony? As for me, I have seen and I testify, this is the Son of God. The Lord bless you. His favor be upon you. Your friend, Pastor Ansimeter, saying, fall in love with Jesus. Serve him with all your heart. Don't contend for position. Be satisfied with the place where he has placed you. You will have joy and peace and gladness. Because as long as you submit to the leading and authority of the Holy Spirit, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Anything that shall rise against you in judgment, he will condemn. The peace of God be with you. Shalom. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. For questions, prayers, and counseling, Contact Reverend Metal on 244 Thank you for listening. Tune in same time next week. God bless you. Your